Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, November 11, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. First order of business, happy Veterans Day to all the vets out there. Second order of business, as a result of Veterans Day, the bond market was closed today, and thus the equity markets were rather slow. It was a narrow ranging trading day. However, the market did do something that needs our attention, so we'll certainly discuss it here. In addition to that, we'll bring in some other stuff that we don't normally discuss today. Because of the light volume and the lack of activity today, it leaves us with somewhat of a void of things to discuss, so we have to fill in the blanks. The only real relevant number that we have on the screen right now is 358.75. The reason it's there, it's a former high. Therefore, if the market gets above the former high and begins closing above the former high, that's bullish on its face. Therefore, we need to know about 358.75. The other day when the market gapped up to that spot or above that spot and it crapped out, that's fine. That on its face is a gap and crap and a failure. However, look what the market is doing now. That day, the other day, Monday, created a big time breakdown candle. Fair enough. Now what are they doing? Now they're inside of the breakdown candle and they're beginning to climb up the breakdown candle. So we have a couple of things going on. We have an important spot, 358.75. Again, Fair enough. Get above that and what are they going to want to do? They're going to want to make a run for the top or near the top of the breakdown candle. That's just garden variety stuff the way the market works. Just as a slight recap and refresher, yesterday the market ran down to test what? A former breakout area. That was right around 350, give or take. Today, on high, the market got up to 357.56. That's over 75 S&P handles, or at least close to it, from the low just yesterday morning. That's a big move. So what did the market do? It ran down to test the former breakout area. It bounced off of that area. It was support. And now it's running back in the other direction. Does it sound familiar to a lot of the stocks on the move that we discuss each and every day? Doesn't matter whether it's a stock, a commodity, a currency, Forex pair. It makes no difference. All charts act and react the same way. Where have you heard that before? Couple of other ways to look at what's going on now. We have to look at both sides of the tape because we have to be the umpire calling balls and strikes. So we have a big breakdown candle. That's fair enough. Now we're running up to test at least some portion within that breakdown candle. So let's say the market does this. What are they actually doing? From a move down, they're building themselves a bearish, wedgish kind of formation that will normally result in an ensuing move in the first or original direction, which was the down move. Could that be what's going on? Yes, it could. What happens when we flip over to the weekly chart? Again, we see the same thing, but it's in a different perspective or slightly different perspective. 358.75 is an important number. So let's say they close the week by Friday's close above that spot. 
regardless of whether there's still a breakdown candle or not, that's bullish behavior. The weekly chart takes precedent. Closing above that number takes precedent. That would be bullish on its face. That would speak to higher prices yet again. Another perspective yet again. Here we flip over and we take a look at the S&P E-mini futures contract. Here's the daily chart. And here, because it trades around the clock, this open Sunday night, it created, instead of the type of red breakdown candle you see on the SPY chart, what this one created was a long tail candle. Same or similar effect, what they're doing here right now, at least from this perspective, is running a test or a retracement up the breakdown or tail candle, I should say. These are things that we discuss in the course Lazy E-mini Trader. So that being the case, I'm not gonna go into detail about where they might go and how to read this, where the trade exists, and all that stuff that gets thrown into the bucket or the lesson within the course. But what I will say is this, they're already knocking on the door once again. They spent a few minutes there the other day on Monday, but yet they're knocking on the door of 3,600 in the S&P E-mini futures contract that corresponds to 360 in the SPY. Why is that important? Because the closer they get to these big fat round numbers, the more magnetic they become, but they're also, at least on the first run, somewhat of a resistant zone. However, this isn't the first run, but it is in the midst of a retracement. So here's the deal. Look where 3600 happens to coincide or happens to fall in. It's about halfway up the tail candle. That's interesting information. How much do retracements go? Well, they can go any amount, but garden variety, they go up about halfway up the tail candle. Not every time. We don't know the percentage of times they do. It's just a rule of thumb and awareness. So I see a big fat round number in the same area that we see a halfway up the tail candle retracement. I'm paying attention. We'll leave it at that. Now here's something else we'll look at. Again, another perspective using a different chart. But remember, all charts act and react the same way. So what am I looking at here? We've got a 240-minute ES chart, and you have another breakdown candle. This is just a different perspective. They're doing the bearish wedgish thing, but if they're going to run up to run a test of this breakdown candle, where is it? Where's the high? Happens to be 36.14 and a quarter. So somewhere in the neighborhood of 3,600 to 36.15, give or take, is a zone where a couple of things occur. A, on this 240 minute chart, you have the high of a breakdown candle. B, on the daily chart, you have about halfway, give or take, up a tail candle. C, you have an attractant in the big fat round number of 3,600. So what are we saying here? If in fact, over the next, let's just say day or two, we'll just call it this week for argument's sake. If we find the market up in that 3,600 to 3,615 area, guess what? Under normal garden variety market conditions, there would be initially from an intraday perspective, overhead resistance. Is it a lock or a guarantee? And the answer is no. But here's the evidence as I presented, all the things that we just cited. We start to get the sense that we're getting maybe not necessarily a full stack, but we're starting to get a heavy stack of items or information 
all pointing to A, why the market would want to run up to 3,600 or slightly above, spike above, and then B, at least on the first run initially when they got there again, it would be, quote unquote, overhead resistance. We have the evidence. I've built the case. SPY, 240-minute chart. What do we have? Breakdown candle high, 361.78. Slightly higher than the ES number, but it's all in the same neighborhood. How did we do inside the numbers today? First, we'll take a look at the commentary. Then we'll take a look at stocks on the move. And up front, we'll say that I basically cut the day short, A, because the market was in a tight range. It wasn't going anywhere. And when you stare at it over and over and over again for hours on end, it can drive you batty if the market's not doing anything. However, that being said, there were a couple of trades on the board, so you'll want to see these. We had a wake up green kind of morning. That's how we're starting the day. Just an awareness. We want to see where we are. This is the pre-market commentary that shows up right around 6.15, 6.30 a.m. And what are we already eyeballing at that time? They're starting to climb up the big bad daily chart breakdown candle. You can see where my mindset is already first thing in the morning. Moving right along. The early thoughts, somehow it got shrunken down a little bit. I'll read it out loud. I think there's an important point or two in here. I tried to fix it. No dice. Those who exercise patience usually do better than those who don't. FYI. Very profound. Here, once again, I'm discussing the fact that we have to start thinking in terms of 3600 doesn't mean they're going to run right up there but we have to start thinking in terms of what's attracting the market what's the magnetic force that's either drawing the market up or pulling the market down when we have the bigger picture in our mind it helps us when we drill down to the shorter time frame charts and we're moving along 845 is there a spot the spot where if an early shakeout operation ensued, the buy the dip crowd would show up. In other words, is there a spot we want to step in, put on some risk, and buy the market? ES 3551 and SPY 355.10, give or take. You know the routine. Right at the vertical is today's activity. Here lies a five-minute chart. I'll just pause for a second so you can see 355.10 is splitting the screen horizontally and you can see where the low of day was. Twice. How you doing? Question came up this morning. Why not the gap down below? Why 355? That's what you're paying me for. Moving right along and then some might say, well, hang on a second. You said 355.10 give or take and they never got there. Well, hang on a second. They got to 355. 12. So what you'll see here is, and I urge you to pause the video and read the notes and go back to the chart, but what you're going to see here in the commentary is that I've notified within these notes where I was taking a long trade with the market, and you can see here at 9.57, this trader is long the SPY. And basically, in terms of the SPY and today, because of the narrow range, it was a one-and-done scenario. It was the only trade I had on the board without these notes. And hang on a second, there were some stocks on the move. We'll get to that in a moment. But I still urge you to read the notes, pause the video, go back to the chart, double-check the work. But also, as you'll see, and there you'll see resistance areas, you'll see numbers in the afternoon that also worked to be support or resistance. Either way, I did post some stuff up. I gave everybody the numbers, but after 1 o'clock, that was it. 
the afternoon, minus a move here and a move there, it was like watching paint dry. A, you're not going to short the market when there's no participants. There's hardly any volume. They're just in a chop shop formation. And if you buy the market, again, the same thing applies in the afternoon. A move can come out of nowhere because of the light volume. Any flood of volume in one direction or another moves the market rather quickly. And therefore, the afternoon, when there's no clear pattern in place and they're in a chop shop formation, just going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, it diminishes the opportunity for a trade. You have to know when it's ripe for an opportunity. You have to know when it's not. When you try and force a trade, invent a trade, create a trade out of thin air, normally what happens the majority of the time, it's a recipe for a loss. We all know that. We've all done that. And we've all taken a hit doing that. It comes from the feeling that we have to be in a trade. We have to make some money. It doesn't work that way. The market doesn't let you think that way. How about stocks on the move? Two hit their price objectives today. The rest did not. Something came close. Others didn't. No big deal. It was a slow day, but we did have two opportunities, Datadog and AIG. So we'll take a look at those charts. Here's a 15-minute chart of Datadog, D-D-O-G. You can see the two numbers that were on the board, bright and early, 8120. 79.80. Make an equal case. It could be one number or the other. Therefore, we play them both. Half at one, half at the other. What was the low of day? 79.76, four pennies below the lower number. Depending on what type of patience a trader had, how long they wanted to hold at least a portion of the position, you could see what happened up to 86.83 on close. What a tremendous rally for Datadog off the low. We nailed it by four cents. How you doing? AIG didn't do much, but technically speaking, it did the deal for a base hit. What do we say? Base hits put traders in the Hall of Fame. We'll take base hits with no heat, no sweat, no pounding the table, no problem. It's not a tremendous gainer, but it's a base hit. You just pile up the base hits. It increases the average. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Well, you can see the 173.39. That's important. That's the corresponding former high that they need to get above, close above to have another run. Here's the picture from the monthly chart just for point of reference. They gave it an attempt today. They got up to 173.48, then traded slightly below. They didn't really do much today in concert with a narrow ranging day, Veterans Day, bond markets closed, lack of participation. They're climbing the breakdown candle. If they can get above, guess what? They'll run. If they can't, guess what? They'll fall back down. For now, what we know that they're like to do, what we know they want to make an attempt to do under normal garden variety conditions is run higher up the breakdown candle. Same as the SPY. While the IWM is my favorite market leading indicator, the transports is my second favorite market leading indicator, a number one canary in the coal mine. So we have the tail candle that we just discussed from the S&P E-mini futures contract. Here we have it in the transports on the daily chart, and they've already run up today to run a test about halfway up. They did it yesterday. They did it a little bit higher today. They haven't got higher than that. That doesn't mean they can't, but let's take it from another perspective again 
They're above this high here, this former high. They're teetering with that former high. What's more important, a one-day tail candle or busting out on a breakout above a former high, above all the moving averages in an uptrend? I'll give you the short answer. It's the latter of the two. This is where part art form, part science enter the equation. Not every tail candle is created equal. Not every breakdown candle is created equal. Not every chart is created equal. There's always stuff that needs to be considered if you're the umpire calling balls and strikes. If someone's bearish, they want to look at a tail candle like that and say, that's bearish, I'm hopping on the short side against the high, period, full stop. If somebody's looking at both sides of the tape, they're saying, that makes a lot of sense, but as long as they stay above the former high, I think a breakout is ensuing, so I might want to wait until there's some kind of confirmation. Can they close a day or two below the former high after being back above? That's a different story. How about the folks out in Silicon Valley? Up almost 2.5% today in the queues. Anything different? No, they're above all the moving averages, therefore the trend remains up. The trend is your friend until when? Until it's over. They're climbing up the breakdown candle. Same routine, same information, but we need to understand and once again realize that the cues are in an entirely different position on the chart. We have a high, we have a lower high, we have a try of a breakout, but a potential failed breakout attempt. If they can recapture this breakdown candle from the other day, then we have another breakout opportunity on our hands. They'll run to double top and potentially higher. That's a big what if, but it's on the board, it's an awareness. How about the financials, the XLF? We have a similar situation to that we just discussed. Again, above 26.80 is more important than the type of candle that was put in the other day. If they stay above 26.80, there's a bigger power to the market that's drawing price up that would push price up a bigger power or more forceful power than exists with that one day pseudo doji candle. Now, we don't know which one is going to take precedent. What I'm telling you is the way I look at things, remember, inside my head, dangerous place to be, where are your galoshes? But I'm saying I like this enormous breakdown candle and the fact that they're above it all week long so far. I like that to take precedent over the daily candle on Monday. So we'll see where we close the week on Friday. Closing back below, different story. They'd be above moving averages potentially, but below or inside of that breakdown candle. Close above the high of that breakdown candle, and that may light a match for an entire another move higher. Big day for Smash Mouth on the upside, up almost 4%. What's that telling us? Well, that's generally a pretty good proxy for the tech sector in and of itself. So all that remains bullish. We just take it at face value. This is the weekly chart. Taking a look at the daily chart, they busted into the breakdown candle. The close of this candle was 194.85. They closed inside of that. Therefore, that's a signal that they want to begin climbing up the breakdown candle. Same routine as everything else we discussed on all those other charts that looked similar. Same routine. Staying above these former highs and the actual number is 190.95. Staying above that former high is more bullish than bearish. Obviously, above the former high gives them reason for a whole nother leg higher. What's more important? Monday's candle 
or being above the former high after selling off, recocking the gun, and now getting back above the high. That's the more important scenario. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. It's everything I wanted to discuss. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.